1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, YWales, wherever in the world you are today. So uh, as we sit here, uh, the crypto market is in in clear chaos. Uh, there's a number of things going on. It's, it seems like Celsius may have gotten a, a buyout. Or a kind of a bailout, whatever whatever that means in the crypto world. Uh, Bitcoin is hovering right around uh, you know twenty twenty two ish k, which is uh, shocking uh, from a number of aspects. But what's to really bring it in and, and make sure you guys uh, understand how excited I am for this? We're here with Ida from Journey, and uh, we're we're gonna go into that quite a bit here in a second, but. Metaverse is is still that super hot buzzword. You know, years ago it was the ICOs. Last year it was you know kind of a little bit of of DAOs, uh, DeFi. Uh, you know. And metaverse was talked a lot about, um, but really wasn't very exciting. I, I, I you know, everyone was just kind of pushing people into decentraland and into sandbox. Um, and and while there's nothing wrong with that, uh, I'm really excited to kind of hear more about what Ida and her team were working on. So before we we jump into all that, Ida, can we jump back and and let's uh let, let's talk about kind of like where you came from? What was your first kind of cryptocurrency or or Web three experience that got you interested in the space?
2: That is a very good question, and I, I think that is, uh, it's going to reveal a lot about Journey as well because I actually don't come from, from that Web3 uh, background at all. Um, started off with um, more visual effects and art, creative technologies, and that's really what is the foundation. So it's much more from the experience side of things. I worked with VR very, very early and lived most of my life in Seoul, so I worked with. Kind of content uh, on screens. Did the contents in SLS Hotels Las, Las Vegas? If anyone has been there, they know know the type of work that we did way back. You know, Korea was always before everybody else, anyway, right? Um, yep. So VR, three D musicals, even I've been all over the show, you know. And then during COVID, uh, I got connected with Journey, and we don't we don't come from the blockchain background at all, actually. So from experience and experience design.
1: Yeah, so so essentially you guys understand that the technical challenges of visually you know, engaging someone from that aspect, the, the tokenization or the, the blockchain part, you know, really is, is secondary. And I think that that's almost the correct approach. Um, because that way you guys have your 10,000 hours and what people want to experience. They want to have an, you know, kind of a, Mm -hmm. a out of body, I don't know if that's the correct word, um, (laughs) you know, experience where they can, they can feel, you know, alive in a different, a different version of, of the universe. Um, Mm -hmm. But so often they, you know, the, again the technology starts with, you know, crypto, blockchain, you know, and and you know, Web three stuff, and then you you end up with Decentraland, and it makes Minecraft look like a very visually attractive game.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly, and I can see that more and more in all the conversations that I'm having. Um, even people that have extended experience in crypto and working on building something, this is where we meet, and and this is the moment where this different experiences and different approaches are really starting to merge and overlap and, and develop something that can be very exciting for the future, I believe.
1: That's awesome. So give me the, uh, the elevator pitch, you know, the, the, the five ish minute elevator pitch of, of journey and kind of like what you guys are trying to, to change about the world.
2: Mm -hmm. I like the challenge, (laughs) especially (laughs) with changing the world there. Um, Again, journey comes from a very different background. Our DNA is experience. And we often like to speak about emotional connection, right? When you speak about experience. So when the world went flat uh, in March 2020, this is what we were good at. Um, and we started building, um, actually a museum first because one of our co-founder is a critic, creative technologist and also an artist. So we built a museum, started adding different layers on our tech stack. Um, and suddenly we had this thing, you know, which was super high quality. We had then by then switched to uh, pixel streaming, uh, we'd switched to unreal from unity, um, And we started adding multiplayer because it was a bit lonely in there, you know. Um, And we realized that we could actually make people feel something. And that is what we're still doing today. Um, And what we are sitting with today is basically a creative team and a tech stack. So we can deliver it, but also people who have unreal capacities can deploy on Journey directly. Um, Most people would still come to us for our visuals and for that ability of of creating emotional connection. And we're working with the largest brands in the world. It's BMW, it's H&M, it just keeps going. Uh, I don't like name dropping too much, but we can name drop right now. (laughs)
1: No, no, that it's very relevant because we, we know that every brand, you know, any major brand around the world is, is, is thinking web three. They're thinking metaverse. They're thinking NFT. They're, they're even thinking, you know, tokens. Um, so, so when you, you know, again, I'm going to dive into a number of of fun questions here. So when you first meet with these companies and, and, you know, we don't have to name any of them off the bat. Mm -hmm. What's their, you know, what's kind of their initial theses of which they think they're getting into versus the reality of which you have to educate?
2: I think, wow, yeah, Um, some come completely blank. There is this metaverse thing. Uh, Some people come like from the innovation team and they say, can you please convince our management? Um, And some come, and, and this is what I kind of feel is resulting in the most interesting project. They come with like, let's try this one thing. Let's try a peak experience, just one project and we play with it. And it doesn't even have a business model in mind for for the first steps, you know? It's just to like start getting to know this space. What do we do? How do we get people there? How do we make them feel something that we want them to feel? And how can we create a cool connection with the brand? And then we keep evolving and start adding other layers or building out or doing something
1: interesting. So, so help me a little, understand a little bit about journey. And is that you know designed to be one world that's wide open or is it lots of siloed little metaverses?
2: So this is where we are also very different. There is no Journeyland, land. Um, there is no central journey lobby, lobby that all the brands are building their things on top. It's completely white labeled. So take uh, BMW doing Joytopia is one of the big cases that we have done for them that uh, became, became very known. Um, it's basically just a link. So it's a pixel stream, cloud-rendered, metaverse directly in the browser. And that means that you just need a screen, computer, phone, not that great connection even. As long as you can um, watch YouTube, you can walk into a journey metaverse through just a web link, basically.
1: That's awesome. So so basically, whether they am ha- I'm, I'm trying to grab my my Oculus here. Um, yeah. <laughs> so are, are they, are they VR enabled or are they basically you kind of give people the choice?
2: So they could be, um, but our belief is that we have to work with where uh, the users are right now. Um, and not that many people have VR glasses at the moment, you know, it might be in a couple of years. Let's see where everything takes us. We, we, we don't know right, where it's going to go, but right now every most people uh, with internet
1: connection, ha- they have a screen, right? So let's start there. Yep. And that's kind of our approach. I love that. So so, I, and to be clear, i I personally really like the kind of agnostic approach that you guys have, which is you know, there's not one website that hosts every single person's content. Um, and if someone wants to, even in in Land, if you want to go from one experience to another, there's very few people that are walking all the way across the map. You're just bouncing from coordinates to coordinates. The fact that there's other things nearby, um, you know, may or may not ever be relevant. So, you know, coming about what you guys are doing at journey, it sounds like very much like every, every corporation can have its own website. They can also have their own metaverse and, and build that experience and keep it, uh, keep it siloed, keep it, you know, each, each culture, corporate corporate culture has their own, like, this is allowed, that's not allowed. So I I really think that's an interesting play. Um, (laughs) Is there what what are kind of the, the biggest um, you know technical challenges? Because you guys are a very technical team and you're on Unity, correct? Unreal. Unreal. So you moved off off okay. So when, when you're when you're talking about this and, and Unreal, you know, there's a lot of licensing rights. What's the biggest challenge that you're seeing right now in building out these metaverses? Um and, and you know, de- deploying them for corporate clients? Time,
2: I think. And team capacity because we have more requests uh, than we can handle.
1: Yeah, it, I mean it, it's so. How big is your team? Talk to us about kind of the challenges of scaling your team.
2: Oh, that is that is very interesting because I can never answer that question. I saw today when uh, that we have like fifty six users on Slack, so we're around that. Um, but we're scaling very very quickly. So there is a new member in the team almost every day right now.
1: That's amazing. And so, uh, you know, again, just kind of looking through your your overall, I mean, you guys will design almost any world, like the physics are are not always needed. So can you, what's some of your favorite that you've done so far?
2: Mm, I like the ones that are really imaginative, actually. Um, I find, you know, when you play with that approach, that 98% real feels strange and odd right it's almost more impactful and more emotional when it's very out there i still love bmw's first joytopia it's like this kind of alice in wonderland situation where christopher waltz is running around like a fox just that you know (laughs) i really really like that we also recently did um a showroom for h&m that was quite cool i like the way that you can see the fabric moving so instead of having, you know, a person, an avatar in the clothes, the fabric is kind of moving by itself. They're they empty; there isn't a person, but you can see uh, the movement in it. So those are some so of my favorite what, ones.
1: Oh, no, I love that. So, so with the fact that you can. Have multiple people in in these metaverses. It's not you know you're not just kind of staring off into space. What what is what kind of challenges does that bring along? Because do you know are the avatars? Are you guys allowing NFT avatars to come in, or how do you guys uh, integrate with kind of current Web three technologies?
2: Mm. We've recently uh, integrated with Ready Player Me, and it's been a quite interesting development actually because our clients haven't been requiring or even looking for NFTs yet. Um, they've actually more looked for experience and, and haven't even thought that far, you know, but now it's coming. Um, so Ready Play Me is really the first step. We just did a, a wearable um, that is uh, accessible on Ready Play Me now for BMW, a little hoodie. I think it is. Looks really cool. Um, so that is that is our,
1: our first step. That's awesome. And um, what, what again, I'm, this is we're a business focused thing. So what's like a the starter package for a metaverse cost? If I just want to have a world and I just want to put in a couple cars that people can drive around and things blow up, um, you know what 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 are kind of the, the starting points for someone to think about that?
2: It's not cheap. Maybe I should start there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I didn't we, expect it to be. Yeah,
2: we always <laughs> say um, just simple six, seven digits as standard euros then. Uh, But starting from 200, something like that, if you work on something that we have already built and then adjusting it so it looks like yours, um, then you can start in a lower range and maybe having a very small space, maybe just one area or something like that. But where you build something like Joytopia, which was all over the place, you know, then, then it can be as expensive as you want it to be.
1: <laughs> BMW has that budget so I'm, I'm glad, <laughs> glad to see that they're, they're playing around with it um you know, again, we're talking about kind of. You guys are using uh, not off the shelf, but you're using standards. You know, we're starting to mm-hmm. see a little bit of. You know, I'm talking about Unity or Unreal, and and to be clear, they're 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 not interoperable, but but clearly they they have sets of standards of which you can move a lot of those files back and forth. F, FBX files uh, yeah. for for your avatars or clothing can be can be utilized on on either platform. What, what's um, you know what's kind of your your goal? I mean, so you guys clearly have a roadmap. You've you've you kind of pivoted in in 2020, and you found you know amazing success. I mean, that's that's one of the things that happens when there's down markets is is validations that you had in in the old world suddenly have to be rebuilt. And so now you've made this pivot uh, into the the custom you know I'd say you know white label custom metaverse play, and it's it's clearly you guys are doing very well and you're scaling. Where does this go? Where, where do you guys see the, the next few years, your, your biggest challenges?
2: That is a, a very good question. Um, and I think there's a few different points I want to make. You know, that where we came from was really to build the most beautiful internet. Um, and, and we're on the way, as you were saying, that each you know corporation could have their own metaverse, just like a URL. Um, and maybe that will be the next website. Maybe you won't have uh, a flat site, but it's actually something you step into. But to be able to get there um, and to the amount of scaling that needs to happen, um, we do need to see a democratization of 3D creation. And to see that, there's great people working on that, right? That isn't us. Um, but what we can do to enable that is the technology, right? So what we are focusing on is to scale that underlying uh, tech stack that we have and make it easier and easier for people to deploy.
1: That's amazing. So there's two you know, kind of films that I always refer to. One is Ready Player One. Everyone's seen it, and we get it. Um, and, and the other is is free guy, and you know they're 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 kind of a little bit different because um, Ready Player One is 100 percent immersive goggles are on. There's absolutely no uh, no visualization outside of what's being fed to you, and that's what you guys are doing today, which is which is a true, essentially VR experience. Even if you're using a phone or a computer, you are you are entering that world. Hmm. what's your thoughts on the AR world where, you know, kind of a little bit more free guy, you're putting on some goggles. Uh, we, we know Apple's got some products coming. Do, do you feel like that's something that that is um, going to be integrated in where it's kind of the same version of the metaverse? Or do you think that those are two very separate verticals?
2: So I see it more as um, metaverse is going to be something that we transition in and out of like almost seamlessly. You know, you step into your car and there is a screen and you interact. Maybe you have a meeting inside a metaverse there. And then because the car is driving itself by that time anyway, right? And then you go, go somewhere to a physical meeting and maybe you drop by a shop and you're actually trying on something with your AR glasses there, right? So I feel like there is this layer that is going to be in and out of everything we do and not necessarily, it's not a choice. It's not like we're going to do only AR or only immersive. I think it's all going to just develop into something. We don't really know yet what it's going to be.
1: And, and that's, and that's the, the point that I, I wasn't pushing you towards, but I really you know wanted to hear is that we're still very early. Um, and that and that while you can do these, you can build a metaverse today. <clears throat> and you know starting price point of you know approximately a quarter million dollars. You know, it, it, in my world, for the business world, is is actually relatively inexpensive. You know, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, that would have easily been a million, million plus just to even think about it. In fact, we heard people spending, you know, 10, 20 million dollars on Second Life a few years ago, um, of which there's, you know, no value and that was, that's already gone. But, but the idea that, that, you know, what you guys are working on, which is these little metaverses, it always starts expensive because there's a heavy lift and there's a lot of new technology and one off designs. But as, as technology matures and as the tools, Evolve, you know, you can. It used to cost two hundred thousand dollars to build a website, um, and and now the thought that that you know Journey can build you know the, these relatively quick. And, and it, to be clear, you're not having to spin up an entire team. You guys are are, are putting these things out uh, from a dedicated core team. The idea that that we can see metaverses being one-offs that that anyone could create, uh, you know, for not two hundred thousand, but maybe a hundred thousand, maybe fifty thousand, maybe ten thousand. That over time, it's going to become this, um, you know, you you can have your own world, you can have your own experience. How do you think that 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 changes society? Um, because right now we're still living a very physical world and and quarantine and and COVID obviously changed you guys dynamically to to pivot to what you do. Mm -hmm. And so right now everyone's being invited into these these larger uh metaverses. What what's your kind of uh you know thought about as it gets smaller and more niche uh niche down?
2: Um, I guess I have a hope and then I have a fear side of that (laughs) answer as well, or maybe that's just how humanity works. You know, I always go back to how we actually function as human beings. Um, I believe that there will be like the the perfect world and, and the terrible world existing at the same time next to each other. We will always have the people that get sucked into it and addiction is something that's is a part of humanity, right? So it will happen that people sit all the time and and don't get out of this and live within it, kind of like um, the Ready Player One story in a way, right? Very very focused yeah. on it. But then there is the other side, and and I I would like to emphasize a lot of that hope side of the story because I feel a lot of people in the industry and coming from very different backgrounds, you know, more blockchain, more gaming, and people like us. When I speak often on panels together with the leaders in the industry, we all say, like, we like the physical world. We want to spend less time in these worlds. So I think the hope there lies we're spending a huge amount of time on our social media and in the Web2 um, services that we're using every day. What if this, what we are building, could be more immersive, more inspirational, and could actually make us spend less time with the screens and more time outside them. Instead of playing with this attention economy that we're so stuck in right now, maybe it could be something different
1: so it and what you're saying is that you feel that it because it's immersive, you can accomplish more that we could instead of a eight hour work day theoretically in front of a of a computer screen you could you could compact that down because you're you're much more effective you're able to see and do more things um because you're not linked to something like a laptop you you have you know you can draw you can scale you can do a number of other things, yeah it's really it's really cool so um i i i've uh, alvin uh with htc is we've we've done a number of uh conversations with him and and he's in the research development side of things and and htc they say that <clears throat> Web One was defined that it was the first time people ever spent you know five, four to five plus hours in front of a computer screen um, absorbing information, not typing, not you know writing a novel, but absorbing information out of out of a uh, computer screen. Web Two, HTC. Uh, defines as people spending, you know, four to five plus hours, um, not talking on a phone, but just interacting with the screen of a phone. And again, we saw the world dynamically is dynamically changed, uh, for people like that in their world. You know, they're, they're saying that people will be spending four to five hours. Web three will be defined by people spending four to five plus hours in a virtual or augmented reality environment, which is exactly what you're, what you're saying right now. Um, how, how can someone, properly educate and prepare themselves for that kind of world? Um, Because that's a big dynamic difference. That's not, you know, going from a laptop to a phone. Now it's your, your, your eyes, your entire focus has, has changed. How, how can someone, you know, start warning about this and spending more time uh, preparing for that?
2: If I had the perfect answer on that question, then (laughs) um, I can just imagine, right? Um, I think the key is to be curious. I mean, obviously in my work, I see a lot of people that are scared frightened actually for that future and just don't want to deal with it at all. Um, There's a lot of people out there like that. And I think the answer instead of going there is to learn and try when you can. So there's always some exhibition around almost every city these days has some kind of VR thing going on, right? Go and try it out. Just try it out, see what it's like, but be aware that it's what it is right now and then play with your ma- imagination. Where can this go, right? Try this kind of things like journey, you know, where you're actually experiencing it on a screen, see what it feels like to do at, um, at home, but on the street and in a coffee shop. Maybe you can realize that you're getting completely immersed in something when you're sitting and forgetting the world around you, right? So i would I would just say curiosity and explore
1: yeah, I mean it, it it's absolutely uh, and by the way, my questions are designed to be really hard and off the off the cuff <laughs> I'm, so I'm loving them <laughs> Good, good, good. so I'll, I'll keep going with uh, with this idea. so has anyone yet had a you built a metaverse of which they designed and built to monetize right off the bat? So that it was a essentially kind of a private community of which they were asking you, Hey, I want you to build this, but I need, Mm -hmm. I need a way, a, a gatekeeper, uh, to, to collect fees. And so it's not a public website, um, or a public metaverse. It's a private one.
2: Mm. This is also a great question and and very much in time for what we are experiencing right now. Um, I'll just give you a little bit of a background of what we have seen a journey in the beginning. We saw that people were trying to, or companies were trying to rescue what they had lost uh, with COVID. So it was like moving conferences into metaverse sort of thing. And then we started seeing um, extensions of events and Brands trying to reconnect with their customers that they now couldn't connect with. And that's when we started to see more experiences rather than just, um, you know, having a screen where somebody's talking inside the metaverse. And then after that, we saw that um, brands started to be curious about building platforms. There we have the H&M case with a, a showroom Could be a good example of that, where you're doing something that you could reuse and and play with. And then the next stage, which is actually where we are right now, is the business models. And what we find is that, um, I don't know how many cases I have on my desk right now. It's a lot where people are trying to crack this. And it's, uh, you know, token gating of different areas. It's maybe building your own metaverse where the brands that you work with will build on top of that. It's land ownership. It's all of that. And it's happening right now. Um, So um, I believe in in a few months, we're going to see a lot of these cases starting to come out. And it's a great challenge to work on right now. I'm loving
1: it. So for, and and no investment advice will ever be given on the show. So we'll, we'll, let's preface that. Um, But for people that are, again, really interested for, for themselves or for their businesses, you know, saying like, I need to, to start investing. I need to start, you know, playing Mm -hmm. around with this. Um, where, where, can, where can we send them to see this? You know, what's, uh, d- does, uh, Journey have demos? Uh, you know, if we want to go on the BMW one, I, I assume we can just go on that and, and play around with it. Um, but, but where do we kind of, you know, keep involved with what you guys are working on day to day and, and, and also provide feedback?
2: So I think the best way is to connect with me so that I can make sure that you know when the next uh, brand um, experience is going live. Because the interesting thing is here here also, because we are working with uh, pixel streaming, nobody has yet put one of their um, experiences permanent. That's also something that is coming right now that we are working on. Uh, so the best way is just to Follow me on LinkedIn or something like that and, and see when something goes live. Um, the other thing is that uh, if you do work on a case, just send me a message and I'm going to be your metaverse guide for, for for half an hour and I'll show you what it's all about. And I'll put a couple of worlds, worlds online and we'll check it out.
1: Well, 100%, I'm going to take you up on that one. Um, so, so <clears throat> talk about the pixel streaming a little bit more, because that's a technology of which I think, you know, when we're talking about blockchain, we think like, hey, it's up there, it lives forever. You guys are using very, very traditional uh, methods of, of rendering, which means that you're paying for every second of server time to have this thing live. And as soon as the client stops paying, it just goes poof and it's gone, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: exactly. And this is one of the. Um, I'm very curious to see where this is going to take us, you know, wh- who is going to crack this. I see it as a challenge, as a problem that we we somehow need to solve. Is it going to be decentralized maybe? Like how is, is live rendering going to happen in a few years from now? Um, because as it is today, when you need a really good experience, you pretty much need one server per person, right? Yep. And it works for the amount of um, cases that we have today, but if more and more people start doing this, and we're starting to sp- speak like really, really big scope, there needs to be another technology uh, coming in and replacing what we're using today for sure.
1: So, so just to again reiterate for everyone listening, you know, when mm. a, when a member right now comes into a, excuse me, a journey metaverse. You're actually spinning up uh, a GPU on on a on a server to render specifically for them. Exactly. So, so if you have a thousand people that are in a metaverse at any specific time, you, there's a thousand GPUs or or maybe cores that are that are having to spin up and run at that at that point.
2: So this is why uh, you can run it on any device, and you just need. A screen, um, But if you look at it as a future where the technology is going as well, we are kind of projecting that we'll have lighter and lighter devices, right? And we're storing more and more in the cloud anyway. So that is strategically a smart way to go. But I feel like there's going to be some innovation happening in how we are going to deal with our GPU, you know?
1: I feel like all these ETH uh, e- 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 and Bitcoin miners that are using GPUs to to, to mine uh, proof of work. Uh, I, I feel like there's an opportunity here while those rigs are still up and running to to convert that over and you know un- you know you get the monetization has to be there and, and the yeah. incentives, um, but you know again for to have that kind of experience where you're truly. Um, there's, there's, you're not just entering a space and it's a static, you know, world of everything else. Like there's something that has to occur, or multiple things that have to occur for each individual to to be alive in that world. Um, how does, how can, how big have you scaled one so far? Like how big can you go? So this, oh,
2: this is also this is probably one of my favorite questions um, because we don't have limitation. Like okay. we really don't have limitation. Um, but the limitation is the user experience. So here comes again, the DNA of journey. You can't have a million avatars running around and watching like the Coldplay concert that we did. We can't have a million avatars in there at the same time because avatars is running then like in front of you and you're just not going to feel well. Um, so you check that we, what we do is that we check the environment that we have built and we test it. And we test the user experience until we figure out exactly where's the cap. Like, okay, here it can, maybe in this one, 200 maximum. Otherwise, the user experience is bad. Otherwise, we do 1,000. We check it. Um, but if you also think about how we behave on the internet, we don't behave like in the, in the physical world. When there is a concert on the internet, we are not going to show up in time. we know how easy it's so much more easy to be late to a zoom call than to a physical meeting in a way. Right. And if there is a lecture happening, we often just like put the, the video off and we're not there in time. Right. Um, so in that way, it's better to kind of spread it out over a whole day. We often work with like activating the content upon a user entering or walking up to a trigger. And in that way, um, the users are going to keep coming in and out during whatever time this space is live—24 hours, 40, 48 hours—but everybody's going to have the experience of that they have been there live,
1: if that makes sense. So I, I just uh, returned. I was last week at, at Disney with uh, with my kids, and you know, you you can't walk around a theme park and not be like. Metaverse, crypto, like it's just, it's one of the most like prime, you know, kind of areas uh, or asset classes that, that web three just is so perfect for um, mm. because you have just so much money that's being moved around and, and so many inefficient ways. You have these experiences that, that, you know, people wait hours, you know, can, can spend two to three hours for a, a, you know, two to three minute experience when you think about kind of that that concept that people are willing to wait 3 hours for a for a 3 minute experience standing in lines it's hot it's tired there's kids screaming crying there's all those <laughs> other things how how can we take that and bring it into something that that resembles the metaverse because right now there's there's you know Oculus has tons of like you can go on a roller coaster you can do this you can mm-hmm. do all sorts of things and nobody cares like just nobody cares because it, it's not that it's not immersive but it's there's clearly something missing It's that human element of like a lot of people screaming together on that roller coaster you know what what's going to be kind of those those um th- those couple key items to get uh, the right number of people into having sh- having a shared experience mm.
2: um first of all i think there's certain experiences that we will we'll never replace we're still human beings and we need physical experience and if we forget that, we're never going to go right with what we're trying to build. Um, but having a shared experience, I'll just give you a couple of examples, I think, where we, where I feel that we have had it really strongly. The first one was very early in our development where uh, one of our co-founders, Thomas, um, actually sent a link to his old, quite old father. And they walked through a forest together. And this was, again, early in our development. So the avatars looked a little bit like those birds in Monument Valley. But they were walking through this forest together. And afterwards, his father uh, sent him a message and said that he had uh, he was really moved by this experience. It was during COVID. They couldn't see each other. Um, so that is a shared experience in, in my perspective. Um, and then things like we had avatars dancing together uh, in, to a Coldplay concert. You know, there there is something happening there. In a very recent case, we saw, uh, we did um, an event for Vogue Business, and we saw that people were really mingling, actually. We had a, a beach scene where they kind of could have a drink, and they walked up to each other and started to interact. And then we could see how these people were then grateful that they had gotten to know each other because they were posting, uh, we have a function where you can take a picture and we could see that they had been meeting in this metaverse and now they were posting about it on LinkedIn. Um, so there is, it's it's there and I find it difficult to say, I don't have the bullet points yet of like this is what it is. I don't have the recipe. Maybe somebody else in the team has it. Some creative director sitting on the, the secret sauce somewhere in the team. But there, it's it's there and it's happening.
1: So, so I mean, that's re- that's really interesting. Is that again in a world where there's no physics, there's no logic, there's you know you can you know whatever the rules of the game are set up, you're still seeing people doing the exact same thing where it's like, if you put a drink stand, even though they can't drink, <laughs> they're going to wander over to it because that's a social norm yeah. of which they, they have to, they just feel that that's appropriate. Um, I, I, find, that's really interesting. What yeah, what other no. uh, kind of observations along those lines have you guys been noticing? Um, that, that really is, is that that connection between the physical world and these new worlds that the journey is creating? Mm.
2: Um, I think in the beginning, definitely, where people really want, uh, when they were doing conferences, they really want a 2D screen. It should be be a screen and there should be a keynote and all of that. I find that super interesting. Um, Why are we as human beings thinking that a presentation should be like that when we could actually step into that world that we're speaking about, right? So there is so much more, but we still think that it has to be, um, a screen. And then I would say how people interact with the water, how people are like, they, if they drop into the water, we have a thing where you can always kind of go really far out in the sea and you can even go under the water and things. Um, but people would ask me then when I'm guiding them, they would be like, yeah, how do you swim?
1: You don't need to swim. <laughs> you know, you're you you're there's no physics. There's no air. There's no nothing. It's it's that ma- it's that matrix line. You know, what what are you why are you breathing? Like so, um, how immersive, you know, you guys clearly spend a lot of time on what you're building today, but I'm sure you're spending a lot of time watching what's coming down the pipe. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> invested in a company called, you know, merge.io, which is the 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 plate, and you can feel Things you know, it, it creates a sonic vibration and everything else. What are you seeing, you know, kind of like that, that's going to bring that next level, kind of that uh, yeah, past 3D, a little bit into the 4D, um, mm-hmm. you know, you're feeling things. Uh, do you think it's vest? Do you think it's gloves? Wh- where do you think is going to get us to that next level?
2: Um, it's easy to just take something you've seen before, right? And go like something like a Ready Player One and imagine that it's all going to be like that. Um, and I'm almost imagining that it's going to be much more simple you know at the moment it's quite chunky and clunky I don't know maybe there will be something like a little sensor that you put on maybe just a wristband or something that kind of can read your whole body Um, and that's what I'm imagining with glasses as well that they need to be like really light and cool if we're going to wear them so I'm imagining something like that that you just kind of have, and it's there and you activate it. It's not inside our skin, <laughs> preferringly a wearable.
1: <laughs> Preferably.
2: Preferably. Um, something like that.
1: That's It's really amazing. And, you know, again, the, the whole point is that we have to get, uh, for Metaverse to be a real thing, uh, you know, there was plenty of smartphones that existed prior to the iPhone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember when I heard that the iPhone was going to be a touchscreen only, I go, oh, that's a shame. What, you know, touchscreens just don't work. And then suddenly you, you got it in your hand, you go, holy cow, like it actually works. And then each, each iteration has kind of grown and, and continues to go from there. You know, there there's we're clearly missing a very big piece of technology um on this because you know I, I look at these, you know, whether it's Oculus or, or uh the Vive or any of these other ones, they're really heavy. Um and and you know, no matter how much time you you spend in them. You're clearly wearing a pair of goggles and you're clearly, you know, s- sitting or, or standing in, in, a different room. And I think that what you're talking about is kind of like, how do we get that spatial awareness mm-hmm. to make you really feel like you're standing in that, that, that cloud? And that, that's going to be a little bit of, of more than just a, a visual audio uh, interaction. There's, there's another sense missing. And I, I don't think it's going to be smell or, or anything else, but something that, that kind of helps you interact, um, in, in those spaces. Mm. It, um, do you guys spend a lot of time at, at the kind of the conferences and and uh, you know three D uh, VR conferences? Is that where you guys showcase most of your products?
2: Um, we don't showcase that much. We are in a very good position, actually, uh, that we don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> but I tend that's, to, that's even better. Yeah, it's it's great. It's a good, it's a really good place to be. Um, so we're not showcasing um, anywhere, but I tend to be uh, speaking at quite a few conferences, and then it's. It's usually some blockchain Web three where we are coming in as that immersive, um, different entry into the space, kind of with a different point of view. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, and, and and again, no no investment advice or advice at all ever comes from me. But hmm. I, I would say any company that's that's thinking um, you know about Web three, they're thinking about NFTs, they're thinking about tokens, they're thinking about all these things. Really needs to understand. Uh, metaverse, what it is today and where where it's going, and I, I think uh you know you've you've given a ton of information here on just things that people need to be thinking about <clears throat> that it doesn't need to be this massive shared experience of which you have a million people logging into a single server. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that can be done on the back end to say you know let's curate and put like-minded people or you know bubbles of of people in, inside of a shared experience of which you know they'll have a better time or they'll have better connections. The the ideas you know around these kind of Curated metaverses, which is exactly what you guys are building. You know, if someone uh, right now you've got a, a BMW one, but you know, if you had a Ferrari one and a and a Lamborghini one and a and a you know a, a Subaru one, you would find different people wanting to go enjoy different metaverses. You know, someone that is a, a big Subaru fan is going to want to hang out there and, and and not with the BMWs. So the idea around the data and and around kind of the the cultures that can be created because you're global. Um, You know, the one thing I say constantly is is that Web3 is connected to anyone and everyone around the planet. Uh, The only challenge we have left is time zones. Um, And I think that you've, it sounds like you've solved a little bit of that because you're you're having experiences that start when you show up. You're having conferences that start when you show up. So, um, you know, when we do live events, uh, I, I kind of have to just say you know I'm gonna do this for for this many time zones and then I got to do it all over again for the other side of the world um, but they never really get to interact all in once so the idea that you know you can have one speech you can have one interaction uh, that truly covers the globe is a really innovative way to think about that so so IDA if I wanted to make a Y whales metaverse which we're actively working on um, but but you know working with journey walk me through kind of the client engagement process. Um, and, and as well as a little bit of a timeline, we can we can ignore the budget for now. But you know, if I come to you and say I'd like to build uh, a custom metaverse for for my business, um, what's what's that look like, and about how long does it take?
2: Mm. We would definitely start with some kind of discovery phase where we are together figuring out what how this is going to work for you, um, and mainly because most. Clients these days come from maybe having seen Decentraland, et cetera, as we've spoken a little bit about, and this is completely different. And we need to figure out how are you going to um, have your community have a shared experience, right? So we would start with that, and then we would start the build. And when we're building, we're basically then building in Unreal. Um, And in that process, you would obviously be involved and you would see things throughout the process we would have touch points, et cetera. And then we would need to have the very important question that probably should be answered already in the discovery phase. Should you have it persistent? Should you not? And if it's persistent, how is that going to work? Um, what's your budget? Although we're trying to avoid the budget now. Um, and also things like, are we going to work with interoperability? Do you want to have some token gating? And I presume that a community like yours would want to have something like that since it's so exclusive. So then we need to figure out, um, you know, which, um, what integrations we would do for that. Um, Should we work with that chain or that chain? Do you have a preferred wallet, you know, and figuring all of that out. So that would be built in as well. And then lots of testing, lots of, lots of, lots of testing where it includes, you know, falling into holes and, <laughs> and all of that. And probably we wouldn't show you that, <laughs> but it's like anyone who worked in VR ever knows that there's a huge testing where you're just checking what is working and what is not, right? Um, yeah, and then we would put it live. And if you had more users, then um, you would want to have more potential users than you what would, you would want to have in the space at the same time, then we would provide some kind of queuing system. Works like wonders. People love standing in a queue, we have discovered, actually. Really? And, and off we go. Yeah, they do. <laughs> we discovered it with our Coldplay concert that that's what uh, was driving a lot on social media, you know, that people were hyped of, of being in a queue. <laughs>
1: Well, I, virtual virtual lines uh, for virtual concerts. I, I again, I, so I was wondering is the the mix and match between the two how the, how they went. Um, no, that's that's really fascinating. And again, I'm I'm super excited to kind of see how this goes. But but the idea around that you're starting with the visual, you're starting with the metaverse, and then you're mm-hmm. tacking on the chain and, and the wallets and 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 every other kind of Web three feature after the fact. Um, I, that's really what's been missing. Is everyone started. With with the Web three technology and and when you start with that and you know there's nothing wrong with either approach but um, mm-hmm. to me it, it's it's you know Unreal Unity kind of these 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 um, these engines that exist today I mean those are the AAA gaming experiences I mean there's very few. Uh, you know, AAA gaming shops that are like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to start from scratch. Like they, they're, they're building the physics in. And so I think that's a very familiar, uh, experience for most gamers is to walk into, to one of these engines. Um, they know how things move. They know how th- they, they can kind of like get a little bit of sense of, of the spatial awareness as well as the movement flow. Um, and then tacking on these wallets, tacking on these other experiences is, is really an interesting way to do it. So I'm glad you guys are finding success. Um, jumping over and, and to kind of uh, take this thing into a close what, what's some what's you know this is alpha drop what, what do you got that's cool what are you thinking what are you seeing that that's really kind of captured your attention recently in the in the web3 space
2: um, Because of my background that I haven't told everyone fully about um, but um, I am really enjoying watching things that are solving actual problems. You know, not just brand connection, but I'm really enjoying the things that I'm seeing in the Web3 space, blockchain, etc. That is solving things like solar panels and how to provide schools like in South Africa, where I'm based um, with, um, with solar panels, where they tokenize the cells. And then you basically get a return because the school is paying a small fee for the electricity that they're using for the solar panel and you're creating economies like that. I have a very good friend of mine who's working together with Polygon, actually, um, developing educational programs uh, in Southern Africa, but also all over the world, uh, where they're looking at how can you pro- uh, create um earning ways of earning so that maybe you get an insurance, maybe you get something that you need for your life through this kind of technologies. And those, those things are really exciting me.
1: That's really cool. You know, the, the, the entire, you know, play to earn play to live um, economy. I, I think for a lot of people in, in, in first world countries, they, they, they maybe look down on a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. I've heard some very negative things, um, but talking to, to those in, in third world countries or even second world countries are, it's such a game changer for them. I mean this is this is huge. And so while uh, you know someone in in a, a developed nation can go, "Oh my god, you know, $10, you know, $10 for for an hour worth of work, that that's not worth it." You just change somebody's life that they're they're not in a sweatshop. They're not out in a in a field or in a, a mine or a place of hazard that they're in a safe environment um and and really just helping to to create the economy and and Uh, scale of a, of a game. And while we may think of it as a game, that, that's their life. And so the entire idea around the metaverse and the entire idea around web three is, is to make these connections, um, Mm -hmm. and to have real world jobs, uh, that, that, that derive real world value both in and outside of, of this. And I think that's a, that's a big deal. The, the idea that you can play a game and buy bread with that, with that game. I mean, that's, that's a connection that's never happened in video games before, unless you're ultra talented and you're playing in, you know, a bunch of, uh, you know, Tournaments and even then, you know, it's the one percent of the one percent, um, which is which is amazing. So I love that. I love that uh, that concept.
2: And I think you can take it, uh, you know, one step further. We should never forget that we only have sixty three percent of the global population with the internet right now. But if you look at things that even friends of mine are doing, you know, building uh, in Zimbabwe co working spaces where um, you have internet connection, and if you just have one space like that you know, obviously with generators, et cetera, because of electricity, supply is is not reliant. If you have one space like that, and then you use a technology like Journeys to provide education, then we can really start speaking about the true global campus soon.
1: Yeah, I I mean, and, you know, right now I don't think there's any nation right now that's not struggling with education. Um, And, you know, we're, we're using a... Multi-century-old idea of teacher classroom physically going through this, and you're, you're kind of missing that that people a lot of the teachers, and I'm not knocking teachers or anyone else, but a lot of them are just reading out of books. The idea around you know a classroom that can go on a field trip every single day and speak to experts in their field, um, in an environment that's conducive to that is is a you know there's I got a whale behind me over here, um, mm-hmm. that you could have you know a marine biologists like. Standing inside of a virtual you know uh, aquarium and really speaking about you know the the ways that these animals are and, and whatnot is 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 a dynamic game changer so i love I love that you brought education uh back to where we're so focused on on the gaming and everything else around this so, but um, again, Ida, I, I, I can't thank you enough for swinging by uh, and, and saying hi to everyone. Um, this has been really a fabulous uh, opportunity. And so again, the, the best places for anyone that wants to reach you or, or learn more about Journey is obviously your website. Uh, and, and where else can they find you?
2: Just LinkedIn. My name, Ida Kummer. I'm sure you can see the spelling somewhere here. And then just reach out. And if you want to be guided through Metaverse, just send me a message and we'll awesome. set it. Awesome,
1: awesome. I, I absolutely will do so. Uh, yeah. Ida, thank you so much. Y Whales, uh, I've, this is Journey. Uh, please check them out, look it up. And I'm about to go play around in uh, BMW's little metaverse here and see how it goes. So thank you guys. Be good.
2: Thank you.
0: Ywales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck, a passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales Whales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com.